0: Hello and welcome to PhD Talk. My name is Miriam and I'm the host in this podcast where I interview PhD students and let them talk about their topics and struggles and joys. And for today's episode, I interviewed Nazerke Amanghede, who is a PhD student at Ghent University in Belgium. And she studies precision farming and biobased fertilizers. And she looks at how precision farming can be used and help us to apply bio-based fertilizers in the optimal way, to increase sustainability, to decrease emissions and nutrient losses. I hope you can also feel some of the enthusiasm that she has for this topic. At least I could um, feel it very much. And it was really nice for me to see how excited she is about what she does. And then, I wish you fun listening to this episode. And then, let's talk science.
1: Today's introduction is in Kazakh. Uh, hello, dostlar, My name is Nazirkya Amangelde. I'm the Gent University of Gent. This is my second year. I'm a Precision Fertilization. I'm a professor at the University of Gent.
0: Yeah, hi, Nazeke. Yeah, hi. (laughs) Nice to have you for this interview. Yeah, nice to be here. And yeah, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Would you like to introduce yourself a little bit, like um, your past and how did you end up in in Ghent?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So actually my, well, academic background starts from, let's say, let's say, bachelor. Mm-hmm. I did it in my hometown. Where was in that? In Shumkent, mm-hmm. in Kazakhstan. Yeah, I finished a bachelor in um, agrochemistry. And then I got an opportunity um to apply for uh master's program. So uh, one of my professors suggested me to apply for this program. Yeah, luckily, I was accepted. Yeah, I'm not sure if you heard of if any of the listeners heard of this program, but basically this program is organized by four universities and University as the main university, and then there is Boku and Aarhus University and Høitian University as well. There are two majors: physical land resource and soil biogeochemistry of and global change. So I applied for the second program: soil biogeochemistry and um, global change. Yeah, but. Uh, what was interesting and what I love about this is that um, both of the um, majors they studied together first semester at Ghent University. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we had the whole experience of yeah sharing the this experience. The first semester is very warm and as well um very hectic. Then I did my second semester at Boku in Vienna, and then the third semester at Austrian University in Germany. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have a chance to either stay in Höttingen or to Boku um, in Vienna. Yeah, I opted for the second one because um, I found a very nice um, master's thesis topic that I was interested in. It was related to carbon sequestration and as well greenhouse gas emissions. And yeah, so uh, during my last years of master's, I've come across this very futuristic and as well, um, exciting PhD position and precision agriculture were applied for. And luckily, very luckily. And I remind myself every day about how lucky I am. That <laughs> so. I got accepted <laughs> so for this, um, program. Yeah. Which I love, really, really love at the moment. And yeah. Yeah. Now I'm. Part of the um, precision scoring group at Ghent University, and yeah. okay, yeah, thank you. And what what is precision
0: agriculture? How should you define it?
1: Yeah, basically, well, there's not one specific definition given that everyone refers to. Mm. There, even the term precision agriculture is is called digital farming or precision farming as well, and also smart farming. But yeah. The main concept is that, uh, we have big data at the moment, right? So we have satellite images. Uh, We don't realize this, but more than 8,000 satellites are so like constantly they are moving and gathering data, actually. So we have that data as well. And we also might have some sensors or soil data as well, right? So the point is we have a lot of data at the moment. And we have a lot of technology advancements in soil sensing, or it could be remote sensing as well, proximal sensing, remote sensing, or we have other um, technological advancements in the area as well. And so the main point is to use all of these advancements, including the data management techniques like AI you've heard of. It's very hot, hot at the moment. Yeah. So using all of this data and data management and also to make decisions on the management. So for example, if I have a satellite image of the farm in a high resolution, so why not to use that data to control to manage my farm? So basically, that's the concept. If I'm not going too much into detail, like explaining all the soil sensing, proximal sensing, or remote sensing techniques, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. And and how can the image of a farm be translated into information that is useful for me? So if I imagine, okay, now I can see my my maize field or my wheat field from above. How? What, why, why am I smarter than before? Like, how can I use this information?
1: Yeah. Actually, precision farming originates arguably. It's what I think maybe someone can say differently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. Not a new idea. It's the idea that our ancient, ancient ancestors used. Like when we were small households and we had our uh, gardens or small farms behind the, the house. So we were, yeah, yeah. It was pretty manageable, right? So you would already know where you are applying more, you, where you are applying less, and you try to balance it out. But since the population size increased and we had like also the production increase with the technological advancements as well, like, um, the tractors and et cetera, et cetera. We started to have big fields. And instead of thinking about, okay, where, sh- what should I apply there? What should I apply there? Um, it's easy to manage, right? If I was a farmer, I would do the probably the same, right? I would just put one nitrogen. I have one nitrogen amount. Like, okay, I take one sample. And based on that one sample, I just apply the fertilizers. Mm -hmm. That's called uniform-based fertilizer. So just based on one or a few samples. Mm -hmm. But the whole point is you are not covering the heterogeneity of the soils. Because as a soil scientist, I know, and you who is related to soil science as well, you also know that soils are very dynamic and they constantly change. As well, they are not like... Even three meters uh, apart soils could be very much different in the the properties or in the contents of the nutrients as well, mm-hmm. so basically it's not let's say wise right? So you are applying the same amount everywhere
0: mm-hmm.
1: or you have you might have slopes even in your field, so mm-hmm. that also differs your um, nutrient contents as well. and that's why considering all of this, we are applying okay this part of the field. Doesn't need that much of a a fertilizer, but this much of the field we need to apply more because, because of maybe the soil is sandier, sandy, or maybe their water holding capacity is uh, very low, or it could be other reasons as well, right? Mm -hmm. Or their slope. So we are considering all of this and applying the fertilizer taking into account all of this why 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 this is important because you know that if you are applying the same amount uniform uniformly to the field
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you are not considering the variability where you have to apply less you are applying more mm-hmm. for example right mm-hmm. so it means you are already um, causing the nutrient extra nutrient leaching or emissions, or it could, it it's harming somehow the environment as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not sustainable. In a way, um, precision agriculture also, also advocates for sustainability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually our main, um, <laughs> let's say, um, main thing that we are trying to like say. Okay, see here, like you don't have to apply more. You don't have to apply this. So, yeah, basically, okay.
0: yeah. Okay. So what I thought now was that, for example. Before a farmer would have like a, a small garden or even a private uh, person or private family, they would have a garden and over the years they would know, okay, in this corner, somehow it's more, there's more moisture. And in this corner, somehow the tomatoes don't grow for whatever reason. Yeah. But if we have hectares of fields, then obviously a farmer cannot grasp the differences that are happening over the field. And then the satellite images can.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As can, well. It, um, yeah. As I said before, it helps them to manage mm-hmm. easily. Mm-hmm. So basically it also helps the farmer to communicate let's say <laughs> with his farm, right? Yeah, Farmer exactly. has to know yeah. what's happening in his mm-hmm. farm and if he's ignorant of it, I'm sorry yeah, but he's he might be harming the environment mm-hmm. and yeah, he might be harming himself as well uh, economically because he might spend maybe more money recovering that land if he doesn't take into account the health of the soil and uh, try to Improve the, the soil on his farm.
0: Yeah, yeah sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. So also just to, to wrap this up maybe. So if, um, a farmer, of course, applies too much, then the farmer is harming the environment. But if the farmer is applying too little, then we don't get the yield that we could get. So it's, we could also increase yields
1: probably and reduce environmental impacts. You think? Yes. In a sense, yes, that's what is like sustain- sustainable and su- mm-hmm. in a sustainability sense. Mm-hmm. Of course, that makes sense. But at the same time, we what we also take into consideration is the crop production, right? Mm-hmm. So we are not telling to farmers like, okay, apply less or apply more, and we don't care about your crop production. No, uh, that's not of what course. we are doing. Yeah. Uh, we are also saying keeping it sustainable, mm-hmm. We also want to enhance the crop production. So yeah. it's not like we are ignorant completely. No, no. Of course, it's no, no. if we say that, <laughs> farmers would think we are crazy, like, uh, why would I adopt that system? No, no. Uh, we are trying to increase or at least keep in the same crop production. Right? Yeah, of course, So, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, I see. And
1: then what is it that you do in that? What is your research focusing on? Yeah. So I can bring up two terms. Precision fertilization, Mm -hmm. bio-based fertilizers. So my research focused on precision fertilization. Uh, What is it? We can apply by the concept that I described before: manure, or you can apply um, any product input you want to um, apply it in your farm. It could be manure, it could be synthetic fertilizer, it could be uh, bio-based fertilizers, right? So yeah, I also want to talk about the bio-based fertilizers as well. That is a new fertilizer type that is trying to replace synthetic fertilizers. I think it's interesting in a way to mention that these fertilizers, what they are, basically they are produced by recycling the, the waste materials, waste organic materials. And they are made so in a... Emission reduced way. Mm -hmm. So, as you know, synthetic fertilizer nitrogen is very energy intensive, and as main industries, they are they still use um, fossil fuel based energies. So, yeah, and synthetic fertilizer nitrogen is one of them. The second is the phosphorus limit. So, as you may know, we have very limited source of phosphor, and It's very worrying. As a person, I worry very much that uh, if we run out of phosphorus, we don't know what we are going to do. Because Mm -hmm. basically, um, it takes thousands of years naturally to recycle the phosphorus. And yeah, but the bio-based fertilizers comes as a solution because it can recycle phosphorus from the organic waste materials. So that's why bio-based fertilizers is very interesting these fertilizers i think most of the the papers in this uh, fertilizers forget to mention maybe they mention. maybe i wasn't paying that much attention is that they say okay it's sustainable and sustainable yeah it's uh sustainable in a way of production but if you don't manage the application during the application if you don't manage it properly and the nutrient contents it's also um when you're applying it it's uh not sustainable right mm-hmm. so you for example most of the biobased fertilizers are ammonia based and if you don't apply it properly it's going to be emitted uh, volatilized and or it could cause emissions as well so mm-hmm. of course it's hot topic happening at the moment of course it it is sustainable in a way of production but it's if you don't manage it properly when you're applying yeah okay yeah and are the
0: dangers of applying biobased fertilizers in like let's say a wrong way higher than the dangers
1: of applying mineral fertilizers in a wrong way well i think um i'm not an expert in the area um mm-hmm. my job is just <laughs> to <laughs> apply um biobased fertilizers in a precision way but when it comes to application of course i also have to communicate with um experts in the area so i ask them oh um is this uh, like, how, how should I apply this fertilizer? Should I incorporate it in the soil or should I, um, uh, what, what should I do? So I also communicate with the experts uh, how to apply. Yeah. If you don't know, if you apply it improperly, of course, you are going to lose it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's more about that mineral fertilizers. Everyone is basically familiar with they farmers mostly know how to apply it, but then with biobased fertilizers, it could be that you yeah. need to find other ways to apply it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. I think yes. There are ways. Most farmers who are produce uh, have manure. They are somehow familiar with bio-based fertilizers, and mm-hmm. they may know it. But if you are new to the area, yeah, I think maybe they must be told how to apply it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or if they are really good in chemistry, maybe they will find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then, um, bio-based fertilizers and manure. Um, what is your definition of bio-based fertilizers? Because it's not just applying manure in the field, right? It's a bit more complex than that.
1: Yeah, it is complex. Actually, if you, um, look at the literature in bio-based fertilizers, mm-hmm. there is no such a term bio-based fertilizer. It's still undergoing, for example, I came across papers which were published in 2022, they still use different terms to refer to bio-based fertilizers. But Mm -hmm. if you look in general, like Mm -hmm. the papers that are published, and if you look, if you analyze like what terms are the most used, just basic statistics, but bio-based fertilizers is the most used term. So I would refer to them as bio-based fertilizers. Yeah. So what are bio-based fertilizers? So Basically, as I said, it's um, recycling the nutrients from organic or bio-based materials from the waste. It could be uh, from agriculture. It could be from our um, household waste, right? Or it could be wastewater. So pr- basically we process them and we recycle them and take the valuable plant available plant-available nutrients from them. And then we use it as fertilizers. Mm-hmm. For me, I love the idea. I don't know whoever came up. With this uh, genius idea, but this is Mm -hmm. (laughs) very futuristic. I think that's, uh, that's the, the way to go. Recycling our own waste. It's a, it's a huge step and uh, we are evolution. Um, we are already stepping into the future. So it's very futuristic. And, uh, I think that's, that's where we should, we are, we must go as, as the way we, um, innovate and, Mm-hmm. go into it because as you think of it we have very limited resource and we will run out of them anyways fossil fuels anyways right mm-hmm. so it's a way of building our future mm-hmm. so yeah 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 right
0: it's in a way it's futuristic but at the same time it's also a bit historical because yeah yeah sorry <laughs> i
1: yeah i'm new to this area i <laughs> am using course. the word futuristic yeah. but mm-hmm. um it it's not futuristic uh, if you think of it, because it is yeah. the the way it should be. Um mm-hmm. uh, that why what we need at the moment, because we are running out of, as I said, phosphorus and it's a mm-hmm. big, big problem. So that's why this way of approaching this yeah. problem it's um yeah, just yeah, very smart. Yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> approach
0: is, is futuristic. Yes, yeah, yeah yes. Right.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true.
0: So what is it that you do? <laughs> we kind of took a detour. <laughs> your your specific studies, what do you...
1: Yeah, yeah, I I might get a little bit confused because uh, as you may see, like I have two <laughs> futuristic... I'm using the word again, futuristic, not yeah. because it is futuristic, because I'm new to this area, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I hope the listeners as well, they forgive me for this, using this word, but I have these two areas Merging together, precision agriculture, second, bio-based fertilizers. and together, precision application of bio-based fertilizers. So this is my research area, and that's what I'm doing at the moment. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And how do you do it? Like do you do like actual field experiments or is it all data driven or?
1: Yeah, I think um there is even easier way to describe my research. Mm-hmm. Uh, just keep up um wait until I publish my <laughs> results and yeah, you'll see just keep updated. Yeah, we are actually that's a joke, but yeah, we are performing some of the field works and mm-hmm. I think very soon uh, we will come up with the results and yeah, okay. they will be published soon.
0: Okay, so you also work with satellite images, and you you have sensors in the soil, or yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I see. Where do you see where do you see yourself then in the future, if or if how do you see the world in the future and yourself in the future if we look from here twenty years ahead or something?
1: Okay, well, <laughs> I, uh, twenty years ahead, I they would be already close to forty. Well, <laughs> um, well, that's a very good question. The area that i'm working in have impacted me a lot in recent years Mm -hmm. so and in a sense like my thinking about agriculture like i would think about agriculture quite differently before but when i got introduced to precision agriculture uh, i started to think actually this is really a good idea and why we are not why other farmers are not doing it Mm -hmm. and so I think it's, in a sense, impacting me that, yeah, there are lots of, as well, researches are going on in the area. For example, I came across yesterday on LinkedIn, I think I've seen a video of applying fertilizers via drones, precision fertilization via drones. Again, it's my research area. Second, mm-hmm. um my colleague, he used to work in developing ai for detecting the fruits or orchard uh, trees i've also yeah we've also talked about it and again it's also my research area persistent agriculture mm-hmm. and i have also um colleagues of mine who've worked in space programs as an engineer right right so i'm surrounded by these people every day mm-hmm. and i'm communicating with them every day and I have also like other researchers surrounding me doing great things. Of course, it's at the moment I'm overwhelmed. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I keep posting it on my Twitter. Maybe some, I, I, I might annoy some people, but I love my work and it's totally changing uh, my perception at the moment about thinking about future. Mm-hmm. So because I'm working in a very futuristic area mm-hmm. and yeah, it, I I'm very hopeful about the future and I want it, it's totally I I see myself I, I think in a somewhere working maybe in a, with the drones or in a company where they innovating and applying precision agriculture, or maybe I would become a researcher and start my own research group, um, after 20 years, right? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> not, not, after not my PhD. Yeah. Not tomorrow. <laughs> um, in a one, um, uh, yeah, in a comfortable, some office and doing some, uh, also again, futuristic stuffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, um, Actually, one of my big, big dreams is to work for a space agency. So, okay. yeah, yeah. I think there are lots of opportunities as well. Mm-hmm. After I started working in this area, my f- thinking about life started to like shift. Okay, let's say, yeah, in a way, in a in a a good <laughs> direction. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. Because um, I know that we are constantly hearing about climate change, and it makes you a little bit upset yeah 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 but you see that people like i'm among them i'm very proud to be among them they're working trying to solve this doing their best and to be part of this very inspiring research groups is yeah it's something okay. it totally changed you as a person yeah okay nice. and also your future plans as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah Right. definitely
0: yeah okay that's really nice <laughs> I think you already touched on your joys and struggles. Like maybe it's a bit being overwhelmed by everything that's going on, but also enjoying it in a sense, because you're part of the change, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I also joke that, um, you know, uh, actually, uh, marriage life is very difficult, you know, and I'm married to my work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's my joy and struggle. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I love my work and, uh, it's, uh, of course overwhelming is, my choice, but yeah, my struggles would be maybe uh, I can go in a uh, my work. It's that that I'm a little bit impatient. Yeah, I like things to work faster and uh, be more efficient. Yeah, and when it's not going, sometimes it irritates me, but yeah, it's something I'm learning to be patient. Yeah, okay, okay. Just, as a person and as a researcher, yeah. Yeah. As a researcher, particularly because some some things takes time, especially if you are at the university. Yeah. 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 Right. If you're yeah. doing research on nature. Yeah. 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 Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> you cannot nature uh, say to nature like yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Faster. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I guess that's also why we study it so hard. Yeah. Um, because it's unpredictable to yeah. some extent, and it always will be. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Could you could you give a small advice to your to your younger self? I mean, just prior to the PhD,
1: if you were to start tomorrow, if you were to start over tomorrow. Yeah, I actually thought about this question a bit. This comes back like why this question was very interesting to me. I think it's how I think about the time mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if you watched. I'm sure you've watched Harry Potter, like, um, when they go back time with yeah. Her- Hermione, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's what I think about the time. Whatever <laughs> happened in the past, or if you are from the future and have been to the past, it would be the same. Uh, yeah, sure. That's what I think about the past. So I think changing mm-hmm. anything is would be the same, I think, yeah. in a sense. So, yeah, right. um, um And as a researcher, I'm very young, and I cannot maybe give advice because I think this, the main um, aim of this question is to also for others to get some advice like mm-hmm. for young researchers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, being patient and keep being motivated. And if you have a dream, I would say never give up. And as I said, again, if I could change anything, or if I could give advice, anything, I don't think like, that's how the time works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> I might com- <laughs> completely yeah. switch from the topic, but yeah, oh, nice. that's, yeah, that's how I thought about it. Yeah. Okay. But mm-hmm. yeah, I guess that's what I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. What happened happened? What happened? Hap- no, it's not like as it is. If you think life as a game. So let's say chess. If you made a wrong movement, you cannot change it. It's, yeah. uh, you are playing. You mm-hmm. cannot change your move. Oh, sorry, can I change? No, no. it's uh, not how it works. No, no. Yeah. But what you can do is like, huh, I made that mistake, but next moves, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make it like... Mm-hmm. So if you made a mistake, I'm not saying like, oh, what happened? happened, just forget. No, y- you should use it to improve yourself mm-hmm. and uh, to use it as a lesson for your future movements or f- future... Um, whatever yeah you can apply to it so if if you think about as a game as i said yeah you cannot make any your movement back but you can improve your next move yeah okay yeah Yeah,
0: thank you i think that
1: would be my answer yeah okay yeah thank you yeah
0: yeah thanks a lot Uh, is there anything else that you would like to share with us
1: (laughs) well i think we've pretty much discussed uh, a lot about things and yeah only thing um i think there was one question about what I joys I actually said it's my work and etc. But I think it's also important to mention about hobbies. Mm-hmm. Well, the of course, it's nice that you have a job and you are giving all of it. But sometimes you also want to have some break. So in that case, uh, your hobbies might be very uh, helpful. Mm-hmm. For me, it's always and it's going to be. I think uh, science and astronomy. Um, so, yeah, I'm huge, huge fan of um, uh, space and galaxy and stars, everything going on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm into astronomy, and that's uh, what keeps me motivated. And mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I guess, yeah, don't forget about your hobbies as well. You are not one dimensional. You should be multidimensional, but as well, yeah, uh, it's again. There is no one way of solving problems in the life. That's what I think of it. Of course, it depends on the situation. If you have a deadline, oh. If just um, spend some time for your hobby. I cannot say that, right? (laughs) So so the priorities also matters. So Mm -hmm. of course, I'm saying like, yeah, enjoy your hobbies and etc. But it doesn't mean like leave everything else and just uh, do whatever you want to do. Sometimes our feelings, most of the times, our feelings might be confusing, right? So we should base on the data and uh, try to, yeah take into considerations as well the the situation you you are at yeah mm-hmm. priorities as well yeah
0: yeah okay yeah thank you very much um then i have a few last questions they're very small and you have to answer very quickly okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay coffee or tea um well i <laughs> you, you said <laughs> short but i think my um i can justify my it's long okay. answer okay. by my uh, background because I come from a country where tea is first we are like tea is Central first. Asian Great Britain yeah we love tea okay drink tea I was a tea person but I uh, deceived the tea team and now I'm the part of the coffee because okay. I'm in Belgium and mm. yeah I'm adopting as well yeah. adopting. <laughs> so at the moment coffee at the moment coffee yeah. okay <laughs> Um,
0: canteen or lunchbox? Um, hmm. Lunchbox. Okay. Science
1: or nature? Science. And Sa- nature. Sorry, <laughs> okay. Uh, you cannot, you cannot put them together. You cannot just like choose this or that. No, they okay. always go together.
0: Okay. I would still ask. Science or art? Um, science. Nature That's or easy. art? Then it's probably nature. Nature. Okay. Morning or evening? Evening. Okay. Twitter or LinkedIn? uh twitter that's it <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah thank you very much it was really really
1: interesting to listen yeah. to you thank, you, thank to you, you as well it was very nice actually um to talk about yeah i it's my first interview i might be wrong in most of the ways i'm just a young researcher yeah but if anyone listening finds out haha she's wrong you can always reach out to me yeah. yes
0: i will contact details <laughs>
1: yeah i would I, love to, I mean i would love to discuss yeah yeah. yeah, You can find her in the
0: in the comments to this blog post, or in the blog post to this episode. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome back. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's interview and that you learned something new. If you have questions or comments or um, complaints, <laughs> then please feel free to comment below the post of this episode on LinkedIn at Miriam Bias where you can also find Nazerke. And then thanks again for listening. And I'm looking forward to welcoming you here again in two weeks. Until then, all the best. Bye bye. Yours, Miriam.